All right, welcome to episode two of Athletes Rising. I'm Kelly Gray, joined as always by... Dustin Aval. hello. Uh, and in this episode, you guys are going to get to know Dustin quite a bit more. Um, I'll let Dustin kind of take it from here, but really what we're going to do is explore his experience in volleyball and some of his youth experience into uh, the collegiate experience and... Uh, some of the challenges uh, and successes that helped him get to where he was. So, I mean, first first question I basically have is: you grew up uh, in Southern California, yep. Manhattan Beach, yep, um, playing a whole bunch of different sports. Yes, yeah. Um, let's see if I can remember back, and and um, I think I can. It's not that far that long ago. Probably about five years old, playing every organized sport that was possible, from soccer to basketball to baseball. Um, uh, volleyball wasn't even on the organized sports radar for me uh, until late middle school. So, yeah, I played um, club soccer and club basketball and actually club baseball all before I played yeah. club volleyball. So, um yeah, sports was always something that was just really interesting to me and, and really my, my interest. I was always, I was always uh, coming up with trivia questions and studying and watching and, and um, just a student of, of all the sports that I, that I played and that I enjoyed. So it kind of leads me to the next question is having played all of those various sports, yeah. what was it that – Oh, a couple of parts of it. What was it that made you choose volleyball? At what age did you know mm-hmm. volleyball was going to be your sport? So that's a, that's a little bit less clear for me. Um, however, I remember there are there are definite points on the timeline. Like I remember being in fourth grade at in an elementary school, Pacific School. Shout out to the Panthers and <laughs> um, in Manhattan Beach and. It was like the PE thing where every, I don't know how long it is, but every couple months or every month or something, or maybe it's less than that, you go through a sport. So you learn how to play soccer. You learn how to play, there was some golf. You do like capture the flag. And and we had blacktop uh, volleyball courts. And I remember in fourth grade when everybody else was learning volleyball, myself and three other, two or three other kids and the PE teacher would go and play volleyball. Like, yeah. it was like, okay, everybody else go and learn how to play volleyball, and we're just going to go play. Yeah. Um, and, and that was just, I remember thinking that was really cool. And also, for all of you non-volleyball fans out there, growing up in Manhattan Beach for volleyball is like growing up in the shadow of Wimbledon for tennis, mm-hmm. or, or growing up... Um, yeah, I don't know, Brazil for, for soccer. I, I, like, you know, it's, it's, it's like where some of the greatest uh, beach volleyball has ever been played. The high school that I was, that I eventually went to is arguably the most prolific producer of both men's and women's volleyball players ever. Uh, So it was definitely one of those areas where it was on, it was always on the radar. Whereas if I had grown up in the Midwest, like my wife did, volleyball was, was not really a, a boy's sport. It was really a, a girls' sport. It wasn't, it wasn't as popular as it was in Southern California. The next point on the timeline that, that I recognize as developmental in my volleyball career, at least in the decision, to your point, was in eighth grade when there were volleyball courts uh, 
like at the lunch recess area and everybody, I swear, was waiting. And, and I know everybody knows what I'm talking about. You're like at the, at the front door of the classroom waiting for that, that minute hand to tick <laughs> to the clock so that you could sprint down because you had to get to the court early enough to try to get in that game because you would just play through lunch and winner stayed on the court. Totally. And you didn't know if you were ever going to get on the court if you had the fourth or fifth setup. So you had to sprint down there. And I just remember that was a, a point where – uh, I had hit a growth. I had hit a growth spurt, so I was I was a little bigger. Um, all of my friends had already been playing club volleyball, so that's really when they started recruiting me and saying, "You should, we should play. You should play. You should be on our team. You should come out, try out." And then, so I finally did in eighth grade, and then the summer after eighth grade, so the summer going into uh, my freshman year of high school when our club team went to the Junior Olympics, which were in Austin, Texas. And Junior Olympics sounds a lot bigger than it is, but it's basically the Junior National Tournament that's put on by the governing body, which is USA Volleyball. Um, I, I got named an All-American, which was a pretty exclusive thing, and I was Huge. 13 or 14, and that kind of put, put it over the edge. At the time, I was, I was splitting time between baseball and volleyball, which in Southern California is the same season, and when I went to, to high school, I knew that I had to choose. So I went to high school going, I'm going to play basketball, which unfortunately was the same season as soccer, so I couldn't play soccer yeah. in high school. I was going to play either volleyball or baseball, and when I got recognized that sort of fed my, my 13 or 14 year old ego enough to say, okay, hold on. I'm going to this school. That's, that's like a hotbed of volleyball. Some of the greatest players ever, yeah. um, you know, the right by the beach. So the opportunity to play in the summer and, and, uh, and just enjoy that lifestyle was there. And, and then being recognized, like I said, it all was this perfect storm that, that led me to, to choose volleyball as a focus. Uh, my sophomore year, I did some pretty crazy things in terms of travel, like flying up to Berkeley for a tournament, flying back at like four in the morning so that I could make a high school basketball practice because it was so important to my coach that I didn't miss a practice. Um, so th that's when I was like, this is crazy. And I told my parents, I want to stop playing other sports. I just want to play volleyball because that's all I want to play. And they told me no. That's So yeah, that was where I was going to go with that is so at that time, you're kind of figuring out what 15. sport is going to be right for you. Yeah. How did your parents handle this, this entire situation? Because obviously, you showed promise at a number of different sports, being able to play it at a high school level. Um, how did they maybe help guide you in, in what ultimately became you choosing volleyball? Uh, well, I, I guess volleyball was at that point top of my list. Their stance was that I was not going to become a one-sport athlete at 15 years old, that yeah. I, I, I couldn't specialize like that at that young. And I don't, I don't know if it was um, anchored in any sort of psychology or, or, uh, or physiology or, or learnings around performance and improving um, you know, muscles, muscular structure and the strength that actually you know, there, is, there is science behind it today. Mm -hmm. but, but it was definitely a point of you're not focusing on one sport at 15. You're if you want to play this, you're playing that too. And we don't care what that is. Yeah. You can play anything, anything else. else. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and it just so happened that I had been playing soccer for my whole life. So yeah. I was like, well, if I'm going to stop playing basketball, which was, again, the impetus behind this was just this crazy schedule that they were holding me to at basketball that wasn't allowing me actually to do other sports. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of, it was really an interesting juxtaposition where the basketball coach uh, at the varsity team at this point who had come from like college and uh -huh. really was used to specialized athletes was trying to put this on the high school kids. Whereas 
um, we've actually seen that the benefits are the reverse, right? The benefits yeah. are in doing more. So my parents really just, at, at that time, it was more of a, <laughs> it was more of a directive than it was a, a, a supported decision. It was like, no, that's <laughs> yeah. not happening. Yeah. Um, and volleyball was, was, was definitely my, my top sport at that time. But frankly, and um, I'm sure we'll get into this throughout the, the life of the series of podcasts, um, frankly, I'm not always sure that I made the right decision between soccer and volleyball. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so different than nowadays, right, where you see these parents that uh, expect their child to specialize at such a young age. I mean, yeah. one, just, just one little anecdote I have is, you know, working in, in youth soccer for as long as I have, um, I, had, I had a parent one time call me and say, hey, we're, we're all in on soccer. We've had our daughter quit every other sport that she's playing, and she's in for soccer. That's it. Uh, the girl was six years old. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to have the conversation with the parents of, no, like, no, that yeah. is the worst possible thing you could do. Like, you don't get to choose what sport is going to be for her. She's going to choose what sport is going to be for her. And you need to expose her to every single thing. And, and I brought it back to this, um, you know, belief that I have that the multi-sport athlete um, really helps develop uh, the, the, the person for whatever sport it is they end up choosing, right? As a soccer player, I love, or a soccer coach, I love when I get players that have played basketball because they learn uh, structure off the ball, right? And so that directly translates to um, the, the tactics on the field for soccer. And um, I'll take hockey as well. Yeah. Hockey players are going to be much more aggressive on the field because they're just used to that from playing hockey um, when, when they come onto, a, onto the soccer field. And so um, I, I'm a huge, huge proponent of kids being multi-sport athletes. And unfortunately, again, in, in, in today's world, there's this outside pressure parents feel i think to specialize at such a young age if you're not doing the private lessons at six years old if you're not doing um if, if you are playing multiple sports you're missing out on something your kid is not giving getting as much of a chance to be successful in their specific sport and, and i just believe that that is kind of the complete opposite like reality yeah. is completely different my favorite example of this is steve nash yeah hall of fame basketball player point guard maybe the i mean you could probably make an argument one of the best point guards ever ever yeah um and and that has to do with seeing the floor and and involving teammates and he is an unreal soccer player yeah absolutely and um is from canada so i'm sure there's a hockey background there Mm -hmm. there some way because all those sports definitely tied together and i think a lot of the challenge for the parents and the kids and and like i said i went through it because i wanted to specialize at 15 was you see, um, you know, in, in further episodes, we'll get into this with our other guests, is you see your idols or, or people that you try to take after doing crazy uh, uh, programs, right? Like training yeah. programs. And so I say, oh, I see Karch Karai, or um, if I'm a swimmer, I see Michael Phelps, or whoever, you know, pick, pick the top, you know, um, players in the, in the game. And in, in American soccer, you know, seeing like, Christian Pulisic, who did a great 60 Minutes episode with his dad talking about um, how he actually uh, supported multi-sports. But my point was, you see these idols that you're trying to take after, yeah. and of course they're focused on their sport, because yeah. they're in their mid-20s, yeah. and they're getting paid probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. That's their job, yes. to do that sport. It is and a so, job. So then you think, as a 15-year-old, well, I want to be on the... Uh, you know, Karch Karai plan, or I want to be on the, the Mike Dodd plan, or some of the guys that I loved growing up. Um, and, and that's only in one sport. You don't look at them and say, well, yeah, but when they grew up, they were playing all these other sports, which is, I definitely think, an advantage that kids and parents don't always always focus on. So, so let's take it now uh, from, from club ball. You've decided you want to be a volleyball player. 
um, and now you're uh, what into your sophomore year, junior year, senior yep. year of high school. Um, so, so talk me through a little bit of, of what that experience was like. Some of the successes that you had, was there any kind of um, challenge that you ran into? And then, and then let's walk into how USC happened. Like how did, yeah. it, how did you end up getting recruited or and becoming a, a team member at USC? Yeah, so this is really interesting because uh, your story and my story are so different. Right? <laughs> like I was, in essence, not recruited. I, I got a couple of letters from um, some some lower division schools and for volleyball I'm talking about um, that didn't really have well-known teams or players or anything like that. Some of them were great schools, yeah. but I still wanted to go play. So, uh, so I, when I was a senior in high school, I decided I was going to go to USC and I was going to play volleyball there. And so I got in touch with the, the coach in the program and, and um, ended up, um, ended up working with them. However, if I, if I go back to, to high school, like I had some significant challenges even in high school, which is, um, a direct reflection of the fact of where I played high school volleyball. A lot of schools, I'm sure if you are six feet, which I was as a junior or something, that's a pretty big, I, I, you know, fairly tall high yeah. school junior. And, yeah. and, and you probably have a good shot. But in Manhattan Beach at, at Maricosta High School, there's a ton of volleyball players. There's a ton of experience. There's a ton of athletes. There's people coming in who want to play at that school. And, uh, and uh, again, still working backwards. So my senior year, CIF championship game, we lost. Uh, I think everybody that I played with will have, be comfortable with me saying I was one of the only guys that showed up for that match. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean it, you know, figuratively, not, not like I was the only guy on the floor. Everybody else kind of like, it, it wasn't our best match, let's just put it that way. And we got, we got pretty much schooled off the court in, in the finals. Um, but I was really confident and, and comfortable and, and um, convinced that I had done a good job of playing at kind of my best where my best was needed, which was really good. I, I felt good about it. So going into college, I felt like, well, I can hang because I just played in some of the toughest volleyball in the high school level. Mm -hmm. um, but, but prior to that, my junior year, I actually got beaten out for a starting spot. So I came from soccer. Yeah. And, and this is how committed I was. I, we were in the CIF playoffs for soccer. We had a home match. We lost, so my soccer season is over. I went to the gym and practiced with the volleyball team on the same day. Wow! And that's how into that's how much I was like, well, this is this one's done, this one's starting. Yeah. Um, but I got beaten out uh, for a starting spot by one of my best friends, who ended up getting hurt, um, and then in kind of like a Drew Brees, Tom Brady type thing. I'm the Tom Brady in the example. <laughs> uh, Lucky you. Yeah, I, I ended up staying on the court for the rest of the year after, yeah. and 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 taking us pretty far in, in the playoffs but so so that's I mean that's not the, ve the best timeline because it went in reverse but then then that got me to college that got me to to USC so yeah so with USC like you said you just decided I'm gonna go to USC and I'm yeah. gonna play volleyball yeah and I and I knowing that if I had gone to like I remember being recruited lightly by NYU yeah not a volleyball school yeah pretty cool place though great place right absolutely yeah um and and I decided no and even my mom, I remember, who was not an athlete, but is fairly athletic, telling me, why wouldn't you want to go somewhere like that where you can be kind of the big fish in a, in a small yeah. pond? Yeah, yeah. But I had this, this drive that I wanted to go play Division One at one of the top schools. Sure. Um, and USC, you know, is a great historic, not just school, but, but men's volleyball and women's volleyball programs. Well, well, so yeah, talk me through this a little bit. So, you know, nowadays recruiting and all that is a, 
a, a big business, if you want to call it that. Yeah. But, but what I find fascinating here is, is you just kind of internally saying, I'm going to go to USC and I'm going yeah. to play volleyball. So how did you <laughs> go from making that decision in your mind to getting into the school and becoming a member of that team? Yeah. Um, that's a long st- – <laughs> I'll try to keep it shorter. So g- getting into the school, that's the easy part because I um, was brought up with uh, – by two basically teachers, educators. So – the, the getting into school part was never yeah. never a challenge for me yeah. um thankfully um but that was i think it it's it's from the same point which is the the working hard it was always about doing your best it was always like um and i think it ties into the athletes rising theme is that um i understand that a lot of parents reward their children for good grades i was always asking my parents why I wasn't being rewarded for good grades. <laughs> and my parents basically told me because that's, that's what we expect. Yes. You, you do the work. That's the norm. You do your best. And if you do your best, that, that should be reward enough. If you got to be on this test and that was your best, that should be the same reward as if you d- got an A on the test and that was your best. In other yeah. words, it's, it, what's most important is you putting in the work, not the result. Yeah. Um, it's taken me a long time to grasp that. Oh, yeah. That's a, well, that's a huge theme these days, especially with the, the growth mindset versus yeah. fixed mindset uh, kind of stuff that's going on right now. But yeah, but in, in, a, in a lot of ways, I was absorbing some of it and admittedly not all of it in terms of being internally driven and focused as opposed to externally and looking for what sort of input can I affect versus mm-hmm. output. Like um, if I wanted to make this team and now I'm uh, a little bit over six feet, maybe six one, six two going into to college where guys that I'm playing with are 6'9", six, 6'10", six, like the, the norm is 6'5", so I'm short. Okay, so I'm not going to play the position I played in, in high school. What sure. am I going to play? How am I going to get on the court? Yeah. Okay, well, I can pass, which everybody kind of non-volleyball people known as bumping, right? Yeah. Like, serve, receive. Like, they always need a good pass to start off the play. Well, that's something I can practice. Yeah. I, I can't I – can't, this is one thing that I would say is, yeah, I want to be taller, but I can't really affect that. So what can I affect? Yeah. Can I be faster? Can I be stronger? Can I pass better? Yeah. Okay, so let's do some passing reps. Let's work on. And I have the luxury of being raised in Manhattan Beach where you get to play on the beach. And when you play beach volleyball, you learn the whole game. Yeah. You don't have to do just one skill. Yeah, you have to do a little bit of everything. You do a little bit of everything. Yeah. So now, like, my goal was always like, okay, I'm going to be a utility player. Yep. So I'm just going to find my way like, oh, you need this? You need somebody to serve? I can do that. Yeah. You need somebody who can pass? I can do that. You need, like, a hustle cheerleader? Okay, I can do that too. Yeah. Um, but to, to get through all that, so that was, that was, my, that was my mindset, right? My mindset yeah. was, I'm going to focus on what I can, what I can do. Uh, and unfortunately, it wasn't enough, which means I got cut my freshman year. I, yeah. I, I went to SC. I told everybody I was going to go play volleyball. Uh, like I said, I wasn't really recruited. I had a couple conversations with the coaching staff, and they helped, I practiced with them. Um, of course, you know, the guys that are on scholarship and are recruited – get way more of the reps. So all of a sudden of it's, here's three to five reps. Like you better make your, your impression felt. And I got cut and it was devastating. I remember um, calling a friend and like just in tears. And I said something that I didn't realize till later was actually super empowering. And what I said was, it's one thing if you quit on your dream, but it's another thing if your dream quits on you. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was being like, su- oh, like <laughs> super oh, that's deep. so deep. That's yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but really w- what I was saying was like, I hadn't quit. Yeah. I hadn't quit on my dream. Like it wasn't done. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to fast forward through, I ended up making, 
going back on the team in, in subsequent years and all that. But well, yeah. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. So you you go into school, you get in touch with the coaches, you um, you're tra- you're practicing with the team. Oh yeah, yeah. I was and working out the whole deal. Yeah. So you in your mind you are on the team. Mm-hmm. And then and there are guys in that locker room who are taller than I am. It's, let's just to be clear, taller than I am, have scholarships. And are, we're not as good as I was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's, let's be honest. For preparation for everybody, when you walk in there and you go, you, it's not like you're going to walk in and go, oh, I get it. You yeah. don't always get it. Oh, no. And that, I feel like that's <laughs> the same in, in a lot of different sports, right? Oh, is, absolutely. Because I've run into the exact same thing where there's been, like, there's been players that guy? have come and I'm like, wow, man, that, that kid can play. And I'm on a scholarship yeah. and he's not. Right. And I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. And that's terrifying uh, uh, to me at times. But, okay, so you, you go in, just to, just to set the scene again for everybody. You go in, you're a freshman at USC, you, you're a, a member of this team, and then all of a sudden, rug pulled out from under you, cut from the team. As far as you know, your career playing volleyball is over. That's, that's well, yeah. it. From the, I, from the outside, I'm saying. I'm not – it's not like I was thinking, okay, I'm going to transfer to somewhere else yeah. and get on the team there. Yeah. It, it was – yeah, it was like and, – and frankly, how do you – how do you think in your mind, like, that's okay, I'll just come back and play in front of all these same people again next year, and somehow, and somehow it'll change. that'll be different. Yeah. Like, it's, you know. Well, so, yeah, let's, let's explore the mindset there a little bit, right? Because you see, especially these days, you see so many people who, um, once they come up against that tiniest little bit of failure, right, you get cut from the team, you don't yeah. make the team, whatever it might be, and, okay, quit, on to what's next. This isn't going to be my thing, yeah. I'm on to what's next. So what was it inside you at that time where you're just like, I'm not done. I want to do this. I'm going to work harder. Yeah. Right? And, and, and just let's talk a little bit about your mindset and what, what made you be able to come back from that kind of devastation? Good question. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know what it, what it was. I know that there definitely was a drive. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, like we talked about in the intro, like we've talked about outside of the podcast, it, it was across uh, disciplines. In other words... I knew how to do enough work to study for an exam. I knew how to do enough work to write a paper. I knew how to do enough work to get a summer job. I knew how to do enough work to um, get into USC or, or the other schools that I yeah. applied to. So, so it was, I, I was, even though I'm not going to say that I was not talented, it's not like I wasn't talented and I, I limped onto the court or yeah. something and, and miraculously came to to be coordinated when I played volleyball. It wasn't yeah, like yeah. that. But I, I was competing against bigger, stronger, faster guys. And so I always said, um, I can be a hard worker. I cannot yeah. work people. Yeah. And so I just thought, I'll just keep working. Like, like that's one thing that I, um, I still do. I still think of. And sometimes it's frustrating, frankly, in, in the ways of life because the output isn't always there. It's yeah. not, it's not um, gosh, what's the word? It's not... Uh, uh, based on merit it's not merit based in terms of like what you always give in you're gonna get out it's yeah. not like okay yeah. well i did 100 push-ups and this guy did 50 so i'm automatically going to be on the team it yeah. doesn't work that way uh unfortunately it doesn't work that way in business yeah. um i've been in, in fast forwarding i've been in sales teams where i knew i was working my ass off and other guys weren't working as hard as i am and they were making way more money selling way more yeah. whatever um so I just, but I just went back to focusing on what I could, which was, I'm going to, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to outwork. And I remember doing, I mean, don't get me wrong. I had fun my freshman year, not having the commitment, <laughs> the commitment of, to of, college sports, yeah, sure. college sports, which is a crazy commitment. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just back to the work. Well, so 
Yeah, how did you, I mean, what what did you do during that time? Like you, like you said, you, you had fun. Um, obviously, we all know what college, especially yeah. freshman year of college is like. But, but throughout that, uh, in order to improve upon where you were standing in the, the volleyball uh, scheme of things, you obviously were putting in hours upon hours upon hours of extra work training yeah. so that when you go back the following year, yeah. you're you're going to give yourself a better chance. So, right. so t- let's talk about that time. Well, and it wasn't all physical. Yeah. Like, excuse me, I coached. I, I, I took a job. I mean, I'd done it before, but because I didn't have the, the commitment, I can now coach um, or do camps mm-hmm. or do after school things. Yeah. So in addition to putting a little money in my pocket, I was staying around the sport. Yeah. And you know who else coaches is other coaches. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're running into people who are associated with the coaches at, at yeah. the school that maybe you're not playing for and they want to know why. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there were some backroom conversations or, um, or, or just, you know, conversations that I wasn't a part of where people were like, Oh, that's, Hey coach, that's, I heard that you cut Dustin. That's kind of weird. What, what was it? What was with that? Yeah. And, and I, I kept in touch with the coaching staff too. And I called him on it one time. You know, I remember saying like, I'm coming back. Yeah. Like get, get ready. Cause this isn't the last you've heard of me. See, I love um, that. And then I also went to matches, and I stayed in touch with the team, and yeah. I stayed around the team, even if I couldn't be in the gym with them. And yeah, I mean, I went to the student gym and worked out, and I, I, I played some volleyball, whether it's it, it, at the gym where I was coaching or yeah. on the beach. But I think, thinking back on it, and this is one of the only times that I've done it, um, th- that I've thought back on it, is uh, it was really more the other stuff. It was, it was staying involved um, mentally, like engaged in it, rather than reps on the field, yeah, or on the court, yeah, yeah. All right, so you're around the game, you're around the team, you have decided I'm I'm gonna make the team. Yeah, I so said it. So uh, let's talk about that. Talk about the first, like, all right, it's, it's time to get back with the team. Mm-hmm. And, and so talk about what you're, what you're thinking then. What are those first few days like? And when, when was the moment that you realized, I'm, I'm in? It's kind of odd. I, I always thought maybe this was just unique to my collegiate experience, but there wasn't like a, a, a defined tryout Period. It's not okay. like in, in youth sports in club where it's like you go and you show you up for a few out, days yeah. and then you get a call whether yeah. you made it or not and here's yeah, yeah. which team you're on. It's just um, – so the first time when I was a freshman, I was practicing and working out with a team and then one day coach called me into his office and said, we don't have a spot for you basically. And then so I told him I was going to come back. I told everybody I'm coming back. So next year I'm, I'm back. And um, it was different from the beginning. Uh, I was I was more included. Yeah, I f- it felt different, and then it just went you know right into to season. I don't I don't know. I can't even point to a, a point where where I I made it or I didn't make it yeah. that that year. Yeah. Um, and and to be to be honest, I might be mistaking this with another year, but uh, we we had a different way of of things being done thanks to the coach at the time. And uh, ultimately, there was a point in my career where I was playing a position that was called libero, 
which volleyball fans know what it is. But for those of you out there who haven't really been following the game around 2000, when the indoor rules change and they put in a new sort of defensive minded position. Mm -hmm. So there were so many rules changing in terms of really uh, giving advantages to taller players who were attackers, like being able to um, contact the first ball overhand like a set but it didn't have to come out clean that they decided we're going to put in a defensive minded position who wears a different color jersey so that you can sub in and out basically freely which is where the libero term comes from like free Um, the refs don't keep as much track on substitutions etc etc and while everybody's figuring out how to how to do this we had one of a, a starting libero who was I don't know if he was on scholarship, but he was definitely had been on the team, was one of the leaders of the team. And like I said, I was in my utility. I'm yeah. going to do everything. I'm going to be this, the, the alternate to that position. Long story short, I ended up over the, the course of about a week staying after practice every day and passing balls out of the, the jump serve machine, which looks like a bigger pitching machine. You know, the two big wheels spinning sure. and you put a volleyball in there instead of putting a baseball or a football in there. And... At the end of the week, the coach just tallied up the scores of the passes, and I made the team, and the other guy didn't. That was, that was, That's what it came down to. Came down to that. Simple as that. Numbers. That that one that one moment. I'm told. Wow. I mean, I yeah. I didn't I didn't see the the results. Yeah. Nobody did, but it was it was literally he and I standing in the gym, with the coaching staff, and the coach just said, "Dustin made it," and we shook hands. That other guy ran out of the gym. Wow. That was it. That's amazing. It was that's, crazy. That's incredible. To it's me. crazy, and and to and I've I actually I also did that other times and won starting positions. We had times where this is kind of I mean our coach was kind of wacky at the time in terms of how to if you ask me yeah. about how to evaluate a starting sure. a starter or, a, or making a team. But uh, there were other points where okay we can't figure out who's going to start this this game because yeah. of whatever reason. So you're just going to have this pass off we used to call it, and yeah. I. Had a pretty good record in these pass-offs. So I, there's probably something behind that, but, uh, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So bringing it forward a little bit, mm-hmm. all right? Bring it, yeah, bring it that, all together. That, that experience of this is what I want to do with my life. Now I can't do it, but I still want to do it, so I'm going to continue to try. And now you've accomplished that let's yeah. let's take that theme and let's let's kind of uh, head more towards today yeah so i'm um i don't know if i interrupted you but no i i, I think i know where you're going and i'm uh 37 years old now and i think it's taken me almost that much time to to understand some of this and i still don't fully but whether you're on a team and you're wanting to compete, or you're talking about a school, or you're talking about a job, you can do whatever you want. Like, I, that, that experience taught me that, that you can put in, it taught me a couple things. It taught me one thing, the negative, which was you can put in the work and not get what you want. Yeah. But it also taught me that there's no one like, there's no puppet master behind the scenes who's telling you every way the, the way things have to go. Like you didn't make it this time, so you're you're done. Yeah. yeah. There's no rules. Yeah. Same way in so fast forwarding to the business world. It's like if you want to go do something, like go try go it. Do it. Go yeah. do it. Yeah. Go do it. You want to um, like you've had a lot more of the the free flowing entrepreneurial stuff. I I now I work in the technology sector, um, but I've 
I, at, at one point I quit my job in sales because I didn't want to end up doing something I didn't want to do. And so I just stopped and I went and looked for a startup I wanted to join and, yeah. and that didn't work out. So I found another startup and that one went better. And, um, you know, then I decided I wanted to, to leave there and go do, the point is you're empowered. Like everybody is empowered to yeah. do what you want to do and make things happen for yourselves. And for the most part, uh, other people aren't going to make it happen for you. Now, yeah. there's tons of people that are nice in this world. I mean, a, a bunch of people that we know and the community, you live in good, you know, you know good people and you, you put in work and, and people will definitely be more inclined to help you, especially though when they see that you're trying to help yourself, in, in my opinion. And you need those bumps and bruises to, to dust off again and stand up and, and give it a go and realize like sometimes it works out and it just works out because you give it an effort, but I can guarantee that it, it doesn't work out if you don't give it an effort. Yeah. So I guess I just learned a little more about the fact that just because I keep my head down and work hard, it doesn't mean it's going to, it's going to work every time. Um, but it also means that I can, I can try. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the, one of the big keys I think that I've taken away from this conversation is that perseverance is yeah. just so incredibly important. And it doesn't matter if it's, the youth sports, if it's collegiate athletics, if it's the business world, it's you set your mind to something and there might be a thousand people out there telling you that it's not going to happen. But if you persevere, if you keep trying and you never give up and you truly believe and you're willing to put in all of that effort in order to um, keep chasing that yeah. dream, I'm not going to say that the chances of it happening are, are, are high because who knows what that dream may be. But it's certainly higher than if you just call it a day and you yeah, just you just give up. There's a lot of truth to those statements that I've seen on the, on the internet or on Instagram or whatever that say something like, "If you if you want it bad enough, or if you if you if you if you want it bad enough, then excuses don't happen or something like that." Yeah, the, yeah. The point being, like, if you really want to make something happen, you'll make it happen, or or you'll yeah. at least give it your best effort. Like I said, it's not a guarantee that it's it's going to happen. Um, and I've done a lot, I've continually been doing a lot of work on myself and mindset and psychology and stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of those, I, I told you about this, one of those things lately has been trying to come up with a personal philosophy and, uh, and something that you can really boil down. Because ultimately, if you talk about all these things and your goals and your wants and your desires and, and your thoughts, if you know what your philosophy is, kind of what your mission statement then you can tie it all back and it becomes a lot more authentic and you know what that one thing is. Like, yeah. does this align back to that? And then, oh, okay, it does. So it works. For me, though, uh, if, if I were to boil it down to like one word, it's just been driven. Yeah. Like, I'm just driven. And I don't use that as that personal philosophy thing I was talking about. And I encourage everybody to kind of think about like what, what's important to me. But to me, it's like, if I look back at everything that I do and I've done and when I'm being my most me, if that makes sense, yeah. like when I feel like me, it's like, I'm driven. I'm, I'm trying to do something. Yeah. I'm trying to improve. I'm trying to learn, but it's all this trying. It's all this driv drive. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of things that other people are that, that might be better, better than that, but that's one thing that I definitely can identify with is just, just being driven. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's a, a very common thread. I mean, it's, I always look at it towards the, the side of parenting, right? And it's like I'm, my wife and I talk about this a lot of, of trying to teach our kids this idea of 
anything is possible in the world. Yeah. You just have to do it. Right. Like you can say, oh, I want that toy. And I'm going to say to them, awesome. Well, you need to save your money. And here's how you can uh, earn money. And if they want to do their chores and earn the money, then they can get it. And it's trying to teach them that lesson of, well, I can do anything, but I have to put in the work in order to get that. Yeah. And, um, and I think it's kind of the same, the same message that, that you're talking about there um, as far as like, at least having the guts to try. And if you really truly, truly do want something, yeah. you'll make it happen. I mean, again, my, my wife always, um, you know, uh, messes with me cause she's like, if you really want something to happen, it'll happen. Right. And she's been, uh, on me about like house projects or whatever. And I say that I want it to happen and it, and then, and maybe, you know, I do, I do, but I just don't necessarily <laughs> want to do them myself. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, but if it was something that you really wanted to do, you would just do it yourself. And, uh, and she's absolutely right on that one. I mean, yeah, it just kind of cracks me and, up. And, and building upon that, um, one of the things that I remember, my mo- one time I, I told you I played all these sports. One, one time I, it was just too much. I yeah. couldn't do everything. It was like a summer, you know, one thing was a fall league and it was an off season for yep. the other thing. And so I wanted to quit the little basketball team that I was on. And I told my mom to call the coach. My mom said, you want to quit? You go to you practice and you tell the coach yeah. that you... And, um, and that's one of those things too. So I, I think like what you said, it's the effort. It's also the ownership yeah. for, for kids, I think. Um, and I know trying to tie this back to what we want this podcast ultimately to be about, which is that youth sports and how it ties into everything and how to help your kids focus on the right things. And I think some of the ownership is, is the same is like, give them ownership into it. Um, my kids are, are largely younger than yours, uh, for the most part. And just the other day I was telling you this um, my three-year-old, we were at an event and they had like the little cups of goldfish and he wanted goldfish. And I'd said, okay, go ask for some. And he looked at me and kind of sheepishly said, you ask. And I was like, <laughs> look, if you want them, you got to ask. And it took us about 10 minutes longer than it would have if I had just said, can we have some goldfish, please? Yep. But he got, eventually he did it. And of course they said yes. And then he was so happy. And it's it's like building upon those things to to have the courage to ask yeah. and, and the ownership. And if you want to quit this thing, like, okay, well, let's talk about it. And then you're going to have to own that. Yep. Well, I think that's a, a good I deep so. dive I into I don't know that I've ever you. been interviewed at this length and I really enjoy it. I don't know what that yeah. says about me. Uh, <laughs> but if we just want to talk about me some more, let me know. Uh, we can I, definitely do that. I look forward to episode three where we can sort of flip the script here and talk about you. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to and will answer any kind of questions and things. Uh, and and I, I just really get excited by this idea of, you know, speaking with elite athletes like yourself and, and being able to kind of unpack how you got to where you did and, and what, what helped build the character within you to be able to get there. And, uh, and I think that this episode was a great view into, uh, you know, the perseverance that was needed uh, in your case to, um, push through those barriers and achieve what you ultimately wanted to achieve. And so I hope that everybody listening to this, um, players, uh, children, parents, uh, anybody um, can, can learn from it and can relate to it and look at the experience that you had and say, wow, this, this relates to my life in, you know, this way or in that way and, and kind of pull that message of, you know, maybe I'm having a tough time with this, but if I just keep going, then I believe that I can achieve it as opposed to saying like, this is too hard. I'm just going to, nope, I'm going to call it a day and I'm going to stop. And, and I know a lot of the conversations we're going to have here are going to be 
the professional level and higher in terms of achievement. And, and I played in college and, and kind of messed around a little bit beyond that, but by no means was I ever considered myself a professional or national team or anything like that. So just because you're not at that level doesn't mean that you might not be having the same challenges, you know, and, and, and the lessons Certainly. are the same. They're just, uh, they're, they're maybe not as public, yeah. you know, exactly. Yeah. They, they could mean as much, if not more to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Episode two, Dustin yeah. Avel. Stay tuned for yeah. episode three coming at you soon. Athletes rising. Athletes rising.